Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how to talk to someone else in pain. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to talk about one of those ways we can bear fruit by serving our neighbors in the hospital, and especially those times when we don't know what to say, times when we don't have answers or, or solutions or even the ability to comprehend the pain others are enduring. What do we say then? It is our duty to minister to the sick and the hurting uh, in the morning. That's what Jesus did, and it's what he calls us to do. James wrote, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. Now, we're probably familiar with the ritual hospital visit by now. Every time I walk into the hospital uh, or a nursing home or, or whatever lobby, there are five other preachers there waiting to greet me. But it shouldn't be just preachers and families in there. The people inside need ministering to. And Jesus showed us over and over again, that's who all Christians, all of his followers should serve. I can't pretend like this is easy. Visiting people in pain can be painful, and maybe it should be. You shouldn't be able to face it unfazed. To compassionately care for someone, you need to open yourself up, and that could hurt. And more than that, there's another barrier here. We stop ourselves from having these conversations because we keep asking, well, what will I say? What will I do? Am I trained for this? What if I say the wrong thing? And the fact of the matter is, there are some things we shouldn't say. Yeah, I've learned that truth uh, the very hard way and I I'm still learning. So before we get to the things that we can do to minister to the hurting, let's talk about some of the things we shouldn't do. First, don't try to provide all the solutions. Yeah, this is probably just our, our natural reflex and I've certainly seen it uh, rear its ugly head enough times. We get so caught up on trying to focus on physical healing, that we leave spiritual healing by the wayside. It's really easy to walk into a hospital room and act like a nurse or a doctor. A patient gives you a medical briefing on what they're feeling. You nod your head, you say, you know, that's rough, and you start listing off recommendations. Oh, have you tried so-and-so? Or my uncle had this treatment. Maybe it would help you too. I'll go talk to your doctor right now. And it, I think that feels so natural to us because we want to fix things. We don't want them to be in pain. We don't want to have the family be distressed. And so we rack our brains for solutions. But we have to remember, we aren't there to focus on physical healing, but spiritual healing. They have a whole team of people to focus on their medications and their, their surgeries and their therapies. But you may be the only person to walk into their room that day to talk about keeping their faith strong. That's your job, and it's a very important one. So focus on it. Second, don't promise physical recovery. Even if you have medical training and knowledge of their condition, you don't promise things that you're not sure of. The reality is, despite our fervent prayers, they may not recover. I certainly want to dwell on that truth with them, but be aware of it. If you tell someone that everything is going to be okay, 
you close the door to them sharing their fears that it won't be. Or even worse, it may come across as if if they just put in a little more effort, they would heal. But we know that's not how disease works. We should pray for physical healing. And we know that prayer has power. But we should also hold dear the words that Paul wrote in Romans 14. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. It's in a slightly different context, but I think it applies here perfectly. Yes, we should want physical recovery. But if we know that we have a faithful God who has made us a promise of true recovery, why wouldn't we dwell more on that? So no matter what we are going to serve the Lord, that is the fact that we need to focus on when we're working with those in pain. God gives us answers for if we recover or not, and those are the promises we should repeat. Finally, don't give empty or vague offers of help. Again, it's natural for us to want to give help and try anything to fix things with our actions. And there are ways we can do that. And in fact, we are commanded to do so. James 1.27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. People in the hospital don't always need a sermon. Sometimes they just need someone to water their plants. But the way we so often misapply this command is with empty words. We are here for you if you need anything, or let us know if we can help. And it comes from a good place, but those words are so repeated that they come off as insincere and they put the person in pain in the position of determining how you can be useful. Remember, when you go into a hospital, everyone in there does need help. They need friendship. They need reminded of who they are outside of disease and injury. They need people outside the four walls of their room to keep their life running, feed the pets, check on the bills, water the garden. They need help. Just let that be assumed and be the friend that calls to say that they're already on their way to help with this or that instead of putting the burden on them with vague offers. Now, those are a few things we shouldn't do, but what should we do? Well, James says, pray. Go to them. Pray. Pray in your car, in your home, with the church, anywhere and everywhere. That's the most powerful thing you can do. And we can also just be with them. Go turn on the TV, watch an episode of something with them, sit for a while, be ready to listen, offer sympathy, offer strength, laughter, laugh at their jokes, maybe a little harder uh, than the jokes deserve. Most importantly, treat them like a person. You know, hopefully you can treat them like a brother or sister in Christ if they're a Christian. And hospitals do their best, but it's so easy, I imagine, for the regular flow of doctors and orderlies to become impersonal. Go spend time with your friend. Don't treat it like a project or a chore. Other things to do. Just be mindful. Call ahead if you're if it's possible, if they'll answer the phone or uh, see if they're willing for to have a short visit. And if you can tell they don't really want company right now, step out. When they start to look tired, they're really going to say so. So try to watch for it and wrap up. Listen to what they need. Walk out when the doctor comes in. Doctors do things that most people don't want others to see and their time's limited. So step out, let the doctor do their job. Finally, and maybe one of the most important things I've read as a suggestion is to remind people of who they are or who they can be in Christ. They can have 
an identity in Jesus, and that will transcend everything, including sickness and health. You remind them of that, not just with words, but how you treat them. Talk to them the same way you would other brothers and sisters in Christ. Make jokes, talk about mutual friends or or memories or, or anything. Just remind them of their life and their identity beyond the hospital. You know, Jesus showed us over and over how to help the sick and the hurting and the mourning. And if we dwell on his example in the Bible, caring for people in pain, it's never going to be easy. We're never going to have all the right answers, but we'll see how we can give them hope even in the darkest storms of their lives. When we think about it, whether we're sick or not, that is what Jesus has done for us. And that's why we must strive to do it for others. So find an opportunity this week, step out of your comfort zone and go share the love of Jesus with someone who needs it most. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. I'm so glad you did that with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.